This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and Grumpy Old Man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Robin. I'm not trying to. I, 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 I don't know. Like that. That, sounds, that sounds weird. Like I'm trying to be a little FM DJ or maybe a little provocative. Hi, Suzanne. Okay, it's clearly been a while. <laughs> we do know how to do this. We right. do this. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. Hold on. Shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, hey, Suzanne. How are you doing? Hey, Ruben. I am doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> that was better, wasn't it? Um, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been busy. You've been busy. I've been busy. There's been busyness. Yes. I think I tried to see as many states as possible over the past couple of months, and I think you tried to see as many countries. I did. I did. I kind of and as inefficiently as possible. Well, good. You know, I thought so it was important. Shuttle run. So I went. To, I went to Iceland, and yep. of course, then came back. Why I would come back, and then like the next week, go to Rome and and Florence and Paris, and yeah, that was a carbon disaster. You know, or you're really trying to rake in those frequent flyer miles. I, was, I, I'm not know, sure I have a need to tag home. There's something about like just going home and dropping yeah. off some stuff and picking up other stuff and then heading back out. That's sort of me. But you did. I mean, you had some amazing trips. You've been, been shooting all over. I think I saw the pictures from Iceland. Um, Iceland is great. I, I, no. I strongly recommend Iceland. Like even if you're not a like I'm not a landscape kind of guy. And, you know, you can see only so many glaciers, waterfalls, cute little pony. I mean, like you think that that isn't, I don't know that you'd run out. I don't know. I don't know what I think. <laughs> I think that Iceland is cool. And I really recommend You run out of cute little ponies, Ruben. Is that what you're saying? Can't, well, like, you ready, pony. You pull over every time you see a cute pony. And then at some point, like on day four, you're like, let it go. Let the pony go. I will say when I got back from Iceland, at first, I was writing about sort of haiku in Iceland. I was really thinking about yeah. the process. And and I will announce here for the first time, I don't know if it's really the first time, but like after two or three years of committing to writing my book on haiku, I came back from Iceland and I wrote the book on haiku. And oh, I know. I, 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 have a, I have a draft of it. You have a draft? I, There's a I, lot of drafts. If you know me, you got a draft you know, <laughs> to make sure I'm not completely an idiot. And I'd written it before. And it was just too long, too much. I was trying to say too many things. And the thing that I liked about, like, I just came back from Iceland and I poured it out and it was incredibly concise and I felt like I was right on topic. And and so by I think by the time the podcast is live, the book will be available um, at least on Lulu and possibly on Amazon, but um, way more affordable on Lulu for reasons that are Amazon's weirdness, but uh, it will be online. Avoid Amazon, I think, just another reason. That's that's great, Ruben. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel good. I did promise on the podcast to write the book, and it just took it took a little. (laughs) I had to kind of psych up for it. So so that happened, and then uh, I came back and went to Paris. Ultimately, Perry Photo, um, because why not? Right, of course, and um, and among the great things that happened in Paris, well, one of them was hanging out with the Stettner family. So Louis Stettner, we've talked about him on the show. I'm a yes, big, yeah, we have. big fan, mid-century yeah. photographer, uh, definitely in sort of the street photography, delightful style, Cartier-Bresson and, and a number of other um, 
wonderful photographers. Um, but his wife is around, his kids are around. Um, and it was phenomenal to go in, to be in Paris and to go out to see his studio. I did not realize that like later in his life, he wasn't taking as many pictures and he was painting and doing bronze sculptures. And I, they were great. Like I, I didn't know I was a fan of this stuff, but, uh, so that was great. I'll, I'll post a picture of some of his really cool sculptures, but Paris was amazing, amazing. But I got to say, the highlight of Paris was hanging out yes. with our guest. We have a guest today. So Nina, exciting. Nina Welsh it's a welcome is with us. And it's not often, Nina, we have guests back. But I will remind our audience that in April 2020, as the pandemic was settling on all of us, episode 107, we met you for the first time. And that was really fun. And now you're back because we had so much fun in Paris. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. That was, you know, it's great to see you, Michael and uh, Susanna, hear you. Um, yeah, it was wonderful to meet in person. And wow, I'm I'm so honored that I'm one of the few that get to yeah. come back. Yeah, well, I'm honored that we were one of your first podcasts and now you're True. like super famous. What were you doing? Super in Paris? famous. Or super famous. You had a book. You were signing books. You kept leaving me to go be like a star or something. What was that? What, what was the book? So I just published my first book with Kara Verlag, um, titled Duologues. Perfect. And yeah, it's... Um, and that's what it's, we had talked about, actually. On, on When you were on the show, you were just working did? on that, correct? Yes. I think... I mean, I've been working on the series for a while. And, you know, in the last year, it happened that um, I did a actually a portfolio review at Santa Santa Fe. And out of that experience came um an offer to publish the series in in a book with with um Kara and so it was exactly it's almost exactly to the to a year to the day so um yes very exciting so i was in paris to sign books yes amongst all the incredible greats of um you can only imagine who was there anybody you can think of that's alive and has a book was there yeah it was yeah. mind blowing I loved, I told you I was sitting at breakfast with, with uh, Jason Langer and he got up to go get some more coffee and I turned around and, and Michael Kenna is sitting at the next table who has just received this, this Chevalier uh, honors from Paris. And I'm like, what a cafe, you know, I got Michael Kenna here and Jason Langer and spent the evening hanging out with you and your husband. And it was like a very photographically cool kind of week. Right? No, it it was definitely, and then, you know, you get to walk around galleries and and the the fair or whatever you want to call it. It's amazing, yeah. But it is amazing when there is a reason when you go and and just stay with or meet mind people that have you know the same interests, which is fantastic, so fun. Do you feel like you're in the community of photographer? Like, is it a a group? Do you feel like you're on the inside now of like fine art photographers? Um, I don't think so. I feel like I'm part of the women street photography group, which is a more local. I mean, it's it's New York. It's um, we meet quite well, before the pandemic. We met quite frequently and we had potlucks and it was quite wonderful to meet people in person and exchange ideas. And we there was sometimes there were topics like how do you archive your work or um, 
you know, how do you deal with criticism or how do you do public speaking? So it was it it was really great. And um, I think we're going to continue it now that COVID, what COVID? COVID? Yeah, I barely remember that. <laughs> what COVID? Was a, there COVID in a, Paris? <laughs> was I didn't see any of that. No. Uh, this is a New York thing. Are you uh, that's a New York street photographer thing? Well, it's called Women's Street Photographers. It's actually around the world. But, you know, it, the in-person meetings, whoever is here gets to come. So it's very inclusive, but usually it's it's a lot of local um, photographers that. Um, but you know, so some we had um, Amy Arbus come one time, and so th- it's 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 quite amazing when That's when neat. you're in in a in a local group and get to meet all these people. And do you actually wander around, take pictures together? Do you do what we did? No, <laughs> we rarely do. And I and as you know, as a street photographer. Um, you usually it's kind of a solo endeavor. I usually do not shoot with other people. I think going around with you was one of the very few times that I've done that. I loved it. So. I, I, I have to say, <laughs> so for the for people listening on this, that we met, and then the next morning we went out early in Paris and just walked around and watched each other do what we do. And at some point we traded cameras. To try to learn the other person's sort of style, I have to say your style is so stressful. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> it was like it was, so for those. So she's got her camera. It has a, it's a very short lens. It has a it's a little wide angle, which means you need to be standing next to someone to get a picture. Like there's no noticing something across the street or even like twenty feet in front of you. You would walk up to somebody. And sometimes you'd have the camera in front of your face and often you would not have the camera in front of your face and you, but you just get right in their face. It was, uh, I, I tried it and it absolutely wicked me out. I don't, know. Well, I don't you, know. well, you said you actually went out the next day without me Yeah. and kind of tried to, to do how, or to, to shoot how I shoot Yeah. as an experiment. I mean... I mean, it is interesting when two people are looking at the same subjects and how they approach the subject. And you know, I don't know. We both shot the 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 waiter that was smoking outside. Where I, I mean, you took a photo of me. Shooting. I was shooting you shooting the waiter. You <laughs> shot the waiter. That was a one of my favorite pictures of Paris. I didn't even take it. It's one of my favorite pictures from our, the week in Paris. <laughs> right, but it you know it kind of showed like when I say I get very close. You now have an understanding how very close means or what that means to me, that I am really, I mean, am I even a foot away? I mean, not even. barely. You're not even. And, and he reacted like he, you got the first picture before you said, do you mind if I take a picture? And then you take it another picture by the time he had said, stop taking no. my picture. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> you were done. By the time you've asked, you've completed Right, I completed and moved along because he he was not as as pleased as most people usually are. But was, yes, I mean it. You know, I think I don't even think about how close and how in in people's face faces I am because I don't think I'm super aggressive in my approach. Like I smile. I, you know, with the when we were in front of the Louvre and the next or. Or the the gentleman with the um, the the chef with the oh, chef's head. Yes. Um, you know he saw me coming, and then I said, you know, look, you look amazing, and the light is beautiful. Can I take a photo? 
And so I do engage when I know people, you know, are looking at me and, and they're very aware of me. So it's not just that I'm kind of, and they always see me. I mean, I don't know if you notice that people yeah. don't not see me. I don't creep up on them. Right. You're not so creepy. I'm, I'm you're, you're, so you're so can't so this is so creepy. No, you're not because you're so happy and smiling. I got to say, partly because you're a woman. You're not as threatening. I think if I walked up to people and stuck a camera in their face, I might get punched. And you seem to delightfully get smiles and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe all that stuff. But you get in, you get out there and you get in front of people and it's just so different from the way I think about taking pictures. I'm not interacting with people. It's For me, it's much more about just seeing seeing things around me, noticing things around me. And that compositional part of the process is part of the process. Like I want to quickly compose that picture in the frame. And I'm fascinated by the degree of serendipity you allow yourself. Of course, you're going to have a lot of hit and miss and you look at your stuff, but I see it on the wall, but your hits are way, you have a lot of hits. Like it works. I don't... Because I, you know what, I think with shooting a lot or with experience kind of comes up what I know I'm looking for. Like I look for very um, clean compositions. Like I try to eliminate a lot of the clutter. Mm -hmm. Now the, the the photo of the 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 waiter with the cigarette, that was, um I think that was like an F, I mean, it was a very cloudy day and it was not the ideal lighting for me and how I usually shoot. Mm -hmm. And you will see there is some background blur, but in the end, you know, he's still like, he's very sharp and, you know, it, it's a very clean composition. It's funny. I stand standing in that same spot. He he moved on and I took the picture of the reflection. We were all seeing this kind of weird reflection in the window behind him. And I was shooting the guy watching us in the window right. behind us. It's just such a radically different kind of photograph taken moments apart in the same spot. That, that was the fun part to see what kinds of things we notice and what our pictures look like. No, it was it was really great because you rarely have the opportunity to, or we rarely do because we are kind of in our mind and we shoot the way we do. But the, the advantage of shooting with someone else is like, oh, you know what, maybe I should see the world a little different or maybe it's good for me to step back. It might not be what I want to end up with. But you know what, remind yourself that, so I shoot close so it was Michael was like, okay, let's shoot close. And, you know, I look at Michael, I think, okay, it's more a compressed space because you're using a longer lens and it's more about the reflections and a more composed photo. So maybe, you know, I need to kind of step back a little um, when when I move around, which I often forget because I am so close. You're so close. <laughs> it's really weird. And, Oh, sorry. Well, the, the photo. So, I mean, you also mentioned you shoot with a group in New York. Um, have you ever tried this sort of exercise with uh, with any of that th that group of photographers? So we don't shoot usually in in a group. We just kind of meet and and okay. hang out and exchange ideas. But I always think it's 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 kind of a nice exercise when you know multiple photographers go and like take the same scene and see how different each each one of us sees that. You know, for me, I think that the interesting part is always the translation of from what do you imagine in your head what this photo should look like and how you translate this from your lens and your camera settings. And once you kind of understand how you can 
get as close as possible to what you envision, I think that's a big step. I mean, I think that was a big step in my photography to know how, you know, the, like what I think my photo should look like and to then be able to translate that into your equipment and in how close you are or, you know, what, you know, where where does the magic of your your seeing comes in? I think that's that's a big step. And the noticing, your, what, what things are catching your attention? I mean, you would notice different people in different ways because you know how, how they're going to look on camera a little bit. And I will say to the people listening so you're shooting with a, a the lens is fixed it is pretty wide angle you've got a reasonable depth of field a re relatively fast shutter speed and so you're covering your bases you've got a good zone you can get a picture quickly and and auto focusing so you're not you don't have to kind of mess around with your camera i'd say that's key you're not messing around with your camera much yeah, I think there is no. I mean, in street for I mean, in street photography in particular, there is not a lot of room for, for trying to find, you know, your settings. You kind of have to know. I think you have to know your camera, mm -hmm. and the more you go out, the more you will know what your settings are and how to, you know, use your camera. And it's the simpler, the better. Mm -hmm. In in terms of of um, cameras, for me. One of the things you said actually on our last sort of um, conversation, with in our last conversation together, you were talking about the duologues. And you had said, you know, sometimes you look at them and you feel like, oh, no, there's too many without uh, without heads or whatever. Um, but then but then you're like, but I'm not afraid to get close. And I think that's what was so interesting about hearing kind of hearing Ruben's description of uh, of how you two shot together. And he was so sort of stunned <laughs> by how close you were getting. Um, but you got an incredible photo. And so it was wonderful. I got to see, get to hear his sort of side of the story um, and then see the photos from like both sides of the story. And I, I have to be honest, I was like, ooh, I really like Nina's. <laughs> like, I like yours is really interesting. I you know the reflections are cool, but like I really loved Thank it. You. It was like it just had this, um, as Ruben said as well, but like this just this timeless quality um, to to that waiter. It was it was so great. What was it about him when you guys were walking by? Because um, Ruben had said you both he both caught kind of uh, caught your eye. But what was it specifically for you that you saw that you wanted to like get in and get close? Well, I, I do have this fascination with people smoking. So there's something very timeless and maybe because people smoke less and less, at least in, in New York. So yeah. there's not, I mean, there are some, there's vaping. Um, but so, and, and somehow his white uniform, so it was a gray day. So he was wearing this, you know, his white um, kitchen, um, whatever. Chef, he chef outfit. Chef, chef yeah. whatever. I'm sure whatever there's a name for it. I'm sorry if, if you know. <laughs> Um, and, and so, it, and he stood against this kind of grayish background. So he kind of popped off the wall and mm -hmm. he had this kind of leisurely po um, pose. And so, I don't know, I walked by and then I think I walked back to photograph him. I think I walked first, I saw him and then I'm like, oh, I, you know what? I really want him. And I kind of waited for him. Sometimes I wait for them to put, you know, to actually put the cigarette on or, you know, like I know that... Part of it is anticipating. So you kind of in your head have to play out the scene and think, hmm, what do I want? So for example, like if I see somebody smoking, I know they'll have to take a puff and take it to the mouth. So if that's what I want, that's the moment I wait for. Yep. So there's always this, I think part of your learning process is the 
anticipation of what comes next. And there's usually a rhythm. So I know that, you know, a smoker will take 10, 15, you know, um, puffs of the cigarette. Yep. They will put it down. So if I want it on, you know, hanging down. So there is always a kind of rhythm that I look for. And I kind of try to get into that rhythm in order to get the, the moment that I want. I love that. Uh, uh, absolutely. I would add the, some context. So he's standing in front of uh, the restaurant or hotel restaurant. She and I see him. We're walking. Now, my sense is to get away from him to get a good vantage point to see <laughs> to see what's going on. So yep. I, we, we both walk by and we're talking loudly about taking pictures so to kind of inure him to our, like we're pointing cameras all over the place and talking loud so that he's maybe not freaking out that one gets pointed at him. But I, we, I, I walk by him to kind of go past and turn around to get a picture. When I turn around, she's in his face. She's holding the <laughs> camera literally three inches from his nose and saying something. I pulled off like that one picture, which was not really a composed picture, but I just like, I saw her standing there and I shot it. Um, so, so I'm trying to move away to get to a vantage point and she's moving in for the kill. And it. It, was, it was, and it was amazing by my desire to escape and her desire to engage, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, and, and the pictures show it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a picture of him really, cause it, it happened too quickly and yeah. she, she just got in there and it's fantastic. But you know, it's like going back just a, a bit to the duologue. So the duologues what I find fascinating is so if I have a photo of now this guy with the cigarette hanging out now that's one story the minute I put another photo next to him mm -hmm. I am guarding you as a viewer to tell a very different story because now the connection between the two photos will will give a narrative that was unexpected Yep. And they usually are taken at different times, um, you know, different times of the year that could be years apart. But the minute I, I pair them together as a diptych, the story that, that emerges becomes something totally different. And I really love the idea of when it's, and it's, I was talking to somebody, it's almost like this, it's in between a photo and a movie. So it's kind of yeah. in between. So it's kind of this, this first storyline that I'm feeding you, and then you run with it wherever you come from. Mm -hmm. And my photos are fairly short story simple. almost. You know, so they're all little short a stories. Poem. Guys, yeah. a, a poem. Father yeah. <laughs> <Are there> a haiku, so. <laughs> no, I, and I, would, I do want to say that, like, you know, in, in my understanding of photography, so much of what is important in it isn't just seeing something, but catching something. And that juxtaposition of the things in the frame. So my work and the work I talk about in haiku is not just seeing a thing, but then seeing the two things that have a kind of a story and a gap. And that's kind of the structure of haiku. You have create that story in post-production in a sense, where Yulesman might find two images and, and blend them together in the frame. I might stand around and try to get two things to happen in the frame you will take an amazing photograph that's very provocative and then another one and then juxtaposition them on you know in the experience of them they're two separate photos but it, in every case of those the story is created in the viewer's mind uh, somehow finding a logical or an interesting connection between the two elements for you two pictures for me two parts of the same picture 
but it's the same process. I think we go through that same kind of process, right? Well, I mean, and also I, you know, I had the pleasure, you sent me a PDF of your, your book and in preparation, I actually read through it. Oh. And there was one thing that kind of struck me, and I'm just going to say that, um, that there is always a small, there's a big and a small part of the haiku. And so in most of my duologues, um, and it, it was always a conscious choice, there's a shift in scale. So the two of them will barely, I think there might be one or two where the, it doesn't shift, but I usually make sure that there is a shift in scale because I feel if the scale is similar, it just doesn't work well. There's right. not the same kind of poetry between the two. It's not the same kind of rhyme that reads them because then it's like, oh, it's like the comparison is too um, obvious. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, you know, it kind of struck me when I read that in your book because it's just like, wow, you know, I mean, there are so many similarities and there really are. Because it's also, you know, the idea of the everyday and um, trying to transform it into something else. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm, I mean, I like to call it, you know, to to add the magic or add some kind of pixie dust. To, you know, how do you move your photo into something else? Uh -huh. And some days I walk around, I'm like, where's the magic? Like, I, do, I don't see magic today. And then I go home and there was no magic. But do you feel that a lot of that magic comes from the duologue, from your juxtaposition? You look at the pictures. I don't know if you do it the way Yulesman did it, but do you spread out? You go through all your pictures and you're like, like playing concentration, like, oh, I know it would be cool with this. Or are you looking through stuff? and just So what happens is like, first of all, each photo has to have some kind of magic. So each individual photo needs to be a good enough and you know we kind of laughed about this but like what's a good photo so in my in my judgment what is a strong photo and then i pair it with another strong photo but it is a memory game mm -hmm. so i don't know if as a kid if you played memory so i play this this mental memory where it's or i mean it's almost like a rolodex where i kind of think about a photo that could possibly have some element that rhymes with the one that i have and sometimes it kind of clicks and it's usually a gut feeling after like one or two. And sometimes it takes 30 pairings and it just doesn't feel right. So it's not something like, oh, you, you know, you put it together. Great. That's nice. Um, no, I have, I have a lot of photos that can be paired and I have a lot of different pairs that didn't work. Do you ever, I mean, I know, I think last time when we spoke to you, we sort of like made the analogy or uh, the joke of almost like your your pictures kind of like fall in love. <laughs> like they have, sometimes they have long-term relationships, sometimes they're short-term, sometimes it doesn't feel quite right. Like you're really forcing it. Back <laughs> 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 like together with other people. Um, do you think that, I mean, do you ever like leave, uh, is there like a singles board? Do you leave kind of your favorites yep. there and you wait to, <laughs> to match yep. them? Okay. Is that what behind you? Are those the, is that the singles? No, board? that's a new series. That's a new series. Okay, I was literally good. Okay. That's where I was going, Ruben. Because also last time we spoke, what uh, you had said that you didn't actually have many pictures of your own on the walls, and so there's only like a, a couple kind of test prints from an old show. And so I was seeing this like beautiful world behind you, um, and I wanted to ask you what is on your wall. These are these are stunning, and they're but they're they're not um, duologues. No, so last year, I mean, kind of at the, still during COVID, I decided, hmm, 
you know what, I really still want to go out. People are not as comfortable when I, um, you know, when I'm close, I'm not so comfortable being close. How can I still go out and shoot on the street? So then I took um, a longer lens. I think it was a one, a Fuji 135, a kind of the longest lens. Mm -hmm. And I went out. But what happened was because I like to be close, <laughs> still really close. <laughs> hard habit to break. It's a hard habit to walk up to something. So, but then the idea was like when you go for a walk or when people go in the city, how much of the impressions of people you see do you bring home? Like, what do you remember? So this becomes kind of this idea of memory of what you encounter during the day. So part of the series, and it's on my website, I'm, I'm, but I'm redesigning the series, is there are fragments of a dog. There's fragments of flowers that people are holding. There's a, a woman that's holding a birthday cake. So the kind of um, encounters that you have, what of those fragments do you bring home? And the other thing that while shooting in this fashion. I mean, they're very painterly. They're very Gerhard Richter. Um, I have looked at a lot of his paintings and I love his work, but only kind of after the fact because I'm like, hmm, you know, this is this is interesting. Um, it's, this, it's a painterly poetic way of photographing people and maybe because of COVID I felt more poetic and it's much softer, but people become these beautiful encounters like they look all beautiful and yeah. it didn't matter whoever it was and whatever young old I mean it didn't matter and so I kind of fell in love in the way of of photographing people this way because it just was so so soothing to me and I think if people would see their own photos they would find it too maybe uh, well actually that brings me to one of uh, one of my questions is do you ever then share these back with someone that you that you found or that you've seen, especially if you're shooting a lot in New York and you have sort of certain places that you'll go to get the certain light at a certain, you know, at a certain time, do you run into these individuals again? Do you ever share that? If I would, I if mean, if I would, have if I would happily, I would happily share it with them and I've shared some, yeah. but because all of these, I mean, these portraits look very studio-like. I mean, they look mm -hmm. like they're in studio settings, but they're split seconds. Like wow. in in the on the street, people walking by. So I look for a colored background. There's hardly there's no Photoshop involved. Oh my gosh, they're not cropped so, and they're candid. So so those people they're candid. Don't know they're being photographed. They're the candid. I mean, they looked. And then I tried to find a way of um, how to you know get more eye contact. Kids usually were very curious, mm -hmm. so they would always glance at me. So the series starts out with this kid looking at me, um, but. Yes, it's it's very interesting. People did not care. And this is now a long lace. And, and Michael, I'm still that close. <laughs> <laughs> it is mind-blowing. <laughs> they are beautiful. The color, I think that your hook is a really color. great yeah. reference. Um, could you maybe, I don't know if they can come off the wall or if you would be able to like get a little closer and then we can put it in the show notes. But could you just describe maybe one that you are especially fond of? They're all beautiful, but maybe one that you're especially fond of, and then describe the I image. Know. I'm gonna gonna show it to you, but I'll send you then a, a you know a perfect. That'd be great. Oh my gosh! Yes, I was hoping she was going to grab that one. That one really. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the one to the right of that, but that oh look at that! Oh my god, that's just a candid street shot. Okay, so Nita, can you Gorgeous. describe? 
Oh, I don't know if she can hear us yet, but... It's like a profile. I mean, at its simplest, it's a profile on a neutral background, but the idea that that was a street shot of somebody walking by... Is... Right, so they have this interesting Renaissance feeling to them. Yes, yeah. the skin. Yeah. Wait, that, um, that literally... I'm, I was just saying it, but I want to confirm. That was just someone walking by you on the street? Yeah. With her eyes closed? His eyes closed? Whatever. Yep, yep. People are so in their zone and people usually have, you know, headphones on. People do not even notice me. And this was my whole kind of starting experiment. But it, it just, that's just not, but so how to shoot that? You know, I look for a colored background. So first of all, I, I need a kind of neutral background. And I often say this, this came out of a discovery. So I was going out shooting and, you know, I, I kept shooting and the initial ones were very different. But then there was this part of this blurred photo of a portrait and I loved it. And then I tried to replicate it and then, you know, it didn't really work so well. And then it took me a while to figure out how to shoot these. And, um, you know, then I, I, I knew that the one colored background because I'm always about simplicity and how to minimize, you know, the, the clutter around it. But you can actually see in this photo, it's um, in front of a construction, you know, the green construction um, fences that are all over the city. If you're in New York, they're, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. You can see like the, the wood knobs. So there's always like little details in the background. So you know that it's not in a studio. Mm. You know, so you can kind of see the, the texture that, that is in the background. And I keep them in to so it, you know, you have these little hints if you would look. Um, that it is shot on the street. And yeah, so again, but I look for special light. I know how to shoot them now. I look for places where people kind of force to come towards me and look at me and kind of walk into my camera very close. It, it's like in the street and like the Paris stuff. I mean, again, it's just to give people some local color, but we'd wander around and find where the light was interesting. Like we just trusted that people would be doing something in this light, but we found where the light was cool, shining off something or, you know, just the t time of day or the sky. And then we just hung out there, you know, for 20 <laughs> minutes wandering around, not just standing in one spot, not like in a bird blind kind of catching people, but just wandering around that area where the light is cool. So I can imagine now that you're doing these portraits, that same idea looking around, finding what the tableau the scene is and then sort of settling in that you're going to just shoot there for a while and see what you get does that sound right is that how you right and then i'm now i'm trying to get like a variety so i go midtown and and look for you know people in suits so you know you kind of expand your 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 type because during covid i was more in my neighborhood and i didn't travel that far so now i'm kind of expanding this typography of of people I wanted to ask you about New York. So I was just there uh, actually a couple times in the past few months. And I had, for the first time, I went to Roosevelt Island. And I actually was struck by the light there. I mean, also just because it's uh, an island in, basically in Manhattan, but it's, it's, in the, it's in the river. It's just a short gondola ride, which was also wow to get there. Um, <laughs> but it has, because it doesn't have, it has space around it. You get so much more light that comes into this place. And of course, as you're, you're looking out, um, you're getting to see this great view of of Manhattan, but you have um, you have actually a lot of these almost maybe forced 
vista moments where people would be coming at you because there's this little path or bike path that goes all right. the way around the entire um, island. And I wanted to ask, like, have you shot there? Have you been there? If not, I recommend it. Um, She's got a vista kind of, <laughs> you know, no, but she's got to be two inches from the subject. So just right. keep that in mind. It's like this horn, <laughs> it's like a path, almost. it's like a running path. So, I mean, like there's, there's sort of, it's like you're going one direction or the other. So no matter where you're sitting, there's all these little like, sort of like little eddies and little whatever um, that, that it'd be so easy to kind of like set up there and be able to capture people that would be forced to kind of come at you or... Or, or not, but um, I was curious if you've ever shot there or been there. I mean, I've never shot there, but my my kids used to play soccer. Um, uh-huh. There, at one end, there is um, there's actually a soccer. There's a bunch of soccer fields, but it is actually a great place. And I also like that memorial. Yes, I don't know if you, which is okay. which is be- right, which is beautiful. But I like when when Louis Kahn designed it. If I remember, I think so. It's be- yeah, it's beautiful. But I usually prefer where I mean, and I'm sure if people come off the um, the gondola or the you know, yeah, you always have to take. I think it's every 20 minutes or whatever it is. You know, I'd have to wait those 20 minutes for people to exit. Right. So that's a lot of lull in between. Whereas if I go on Fifth Avenue, and I I do tend to find places where I can, I like to say they're corralled. Yeah, <laughs> you know where they're kind of forced to like shooting fish in a barrel. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, yes. Literally. <laughs> where yes, and so I I kind of find places where where like where there's a construction where the sidewalk on Fifth Avenue becomes about three feet wide, and then they almost I mean it's almost um. I mean it's it's like performance art because they kind of have to squeeze by me and my camera and. <laughs> Most of the time they don't care. So it's like a Marina Abramovich, you know, when when like people had to kind of go by sideways and people yeah. would be standing naked in, in you know in in a in a doorway. Yeah. And that kind of uncomfort, you know, discomfort. I mean, I I am definitely putting people at a not comfortable in a not comfortable position, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they could put the hand out, or if they're bothered, they could say, you know, oh, you're taking a photo. Most. N- I rarely get a comment, mm-hmm. but it is, yeah, it is that kind of, I mean, it is very, it's spatially, but it starts out spatially un- uncomfortable because yeah. when, you know, Fifth Avenue goes to like three feet of um, a construction walkway, it's already uncomfortable with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you think that the duologues are something you're going to continue doing indefinitely? Is that just a, a thing you like to do or is that a fate, like a project and you feel like you're winding it down in some way? I still love doing it. I so really I love, do. I love them. I'm, I'm encouraging you to keep doing them. But I, <laughs> that was your way of encouraging. Well, <laughs> are you still doing it? He's nodding. On he's even <laughs> these new these new portraits on the wall and it just and I have a little bit of a twinge which is like I hope you keep doing the other ones you know and I don't want to make you do the old stuff but no I like, you know. I like doing both and I like having a couple of projects because then you know sometimes you kind of need to go out and shoot something different but I always I do love the black and white and I do love the the duologues and you know I didn't answer your question, Suzanne, about um, if there are single photos in the book, and I don't think you've seen the book. In the book, there is a, a, a pair of a shot of a balloon, my a balloon shot, and it's a photo that I is very dear to my heart, and I couldn't find a pair. It is sometimes such a strong, when the photo by itself just stands alone, 
yeah. to find a partner, like a yin-yang partner, is sometimes more difficult than when it's kind of a neutral photo that, you know, is not as strong. Mm-hmm. But then I, in the last minute, that was kind of my last addition to the book. I felt comfortable with the pair and I still like the pair because then they have to hold up over time. Yeah, Some of the pairs are three years old, four years old. And then it's nice when I look at them now and I still like them. Yeah. I have to sit with like, them, a picture yeah. for a while to decide if I, if it's just a sort of a saccharine attraction right. or if it's a deep love, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I wondered if, if your, if your duologues have that same thing where you have to keep looking at them for a while to see if it still holds up for you or if it's like- A hundred percent. And they were printed out and they were hanging here. And then, you know, it's like, oh, do I, you know, what's my gut feeling now? And, but, so, but this one, I was like, oh, I hope I still like it in the <laughs> book. Because that's you know that's tricky. It's it there book. for yeah. for it's, a, while. it's a commitment. Yeah, <laughs> who wants to commit? It's marriage. That's it's definitely marriage. Let's, let's talk without about option for divorce. That's your own story. <laughs> yeah, Henry the Eighth here. <laughs> Published forever, uh, uh, into perpetuity. Uh, well, let's talk about this book for a second. Actually, where can our listeners purchase this? Where can they find it? Um, let's, uh, let's make sure we're kind of plugging it to make sure that we, uh, that perfect your work. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the book will be available in, in, um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. It will be available everywhere kind of, um, as of April 4th. But if you would like to have a copy now signed and ready to ship, (laughs) You can go on my website and you can order it. And I mean, I have my copies. I've already shipped um, pre-orders. So they're, they're, they've been going out and great holiday present if you're looking. And I'm happy to uh, personalize them, nice. personalize <laughs> them to people. What, to get the photographer in your life. Yes. That is Think about a that. Wonderful offer. So your website again is ninaklingphotography.com. That's yep. an N. A K L I N G photography.com. We'll have so a link. We'll have a link in the show notes. In the show notes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I'm I'm so excited, Ruben. Just so you know, a great holiday <laughs> option for yours truly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and last time, Nina, you we always ask our photographers um to describe their work in one word. Um, last time you used the word mysterious. And I'm wondering. Do, would you still choose that word um, as your work is evolving, or would you choose a new word? I think I would choose ambiguity. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like that a lot. What? And can you just talk a little bit about why the change? Because a lot of my photos are to be studied and looked at, and they're not supposed to be crystal clear at the first sight. Yeah. And also with the duologues, there are some duologues that are very easily um, deciphered and, and understood. But then there are many where it is very ambiguous, where you don't quite know what the photo is. You don't quite know what the connection is. And I feel that's so much more engaging um, and, and leaves so much room for going back and looking at it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um and and so yeah, so I always like you know I look for ambiguity, and I think the cover itself. I mean, if you'll post, it's all about ambiguity. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm excited to go through the book. I really am, and um, I will be one of those early adopters. 
Thank you. Well, I uh, unfortunately, I think we should wind up, <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad to see you. We should have a shout out to Carl, of course. Who, yes, Carl. Carl, we love you, Carl, <laughs> who's our mutual friend. From... Now he has to listen to the whole podcast to, to get to his end. <laughs> yeah, right, to his you couldn't, have, you couldn't have started with that? No, no, <laughs> no. He has to actually listen to us talk the whole time. Sorry. Actually, do you know what I do in meetings sometimes? We just to make sure people listen to the recording, we'll throw in like a secret word at the end, like banana. And they're like, all right, well, what's the secret word? <laughs> so you people paid attention to your That's so mean. That's very <laughs> That's mean. We do it more it's funny, but it, it'll be like kind of the code word. Um, but uh, you know, maybe it's well, 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 Carl, you, you didn't even talk about it the whole show. <laughs> right, exactly. You didn't hear that? Oh goodness. Well, thank you so, so much for having me back. This is it was so much fun talking to you and it was so great. Um going out to shoot with you in Paris and thank you you know I hopefully the it. next time you come to New York or well I actually might go to California but you're not in California not in Santa Fe I'll come out to New York I'll come out to New York come to New York we'll go out shooting again we'll was we have so much fun awesome all right well and so everyone come to the to the show notes to get um, Nina's book Nina Welsh Kling in case you win the whole thing hyphenated and everything for you um also i'm gonna plug the photograph is haiku that'll we'll mention that on the on the site as well and with that uh suzanne shall we wrap it up uh our show is recorded and produced in san francisco and santa fe go to neomodern.com podcast to get show notes see photos and post comments don't forget to subscribe on whatever service you're listening to us on now and please re- leave reviews and ratings especially if you like us we get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word so if you know someone who might get something from us send them the link thanks to mitchell foreman for our theme music nino welsh kling for joining us on this wonderful morning and all of you for hanging out with us we appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about until next time